Hello, I'm Jason Rigdon, and you are listening to the Seattle Podcasters Podcast. Today, I have Matt Baum of Queens of Adventure. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. So could you tell me a little bit about this podcast? Yeah, so uh, we've been doing it for just about a year almost. Um, and it's a podcast where a bunch of drag queens play Dungeons and Dragons. They're going on a exciting fantasy adventure. Uh, and so uh, it comes out every two weeks and every every two weeks, every episode, uh, we basically throw them into some sort of exciting fantasy situation and they Dungeons and Dragons their way through it. And one thing that's pretty unique about the show is that it is done um, sometimes live. Yeah, so we've done uh, a bunch of live shows here in Seattle, uh, usually at Creme Work. Um, so we get the queens up on stage, they're in full drag. And what the live show and the podcast do is basically take um, all the fun and exciting, creative weirdness of drag culture, and then all the creative role-playing game culture, and they just kind of mash them together. And it turns out drag queens are actually really good uh, at imagination and fantasy and uh, being really entertaining. Yeah, it's a really great combo. What system do you use? So we're using uh, Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition uh, with a few little tweaks here and there because we want things to flow smoothly. So we've streamlined a few things and then every now and then we'll reach back into 4th Edition for um, something kind of fun. Like we do skill challenges every now and then with them um, and, you know, stuff like that. But we want to make things like flow smoothly. So uh, we... uh, uh, don't do a ton of uh, fifth edition rules lawyer, which you really don't even have to do in fifth edition because it's it's so streamlined. And how long have you been a DM? Not that long, actually. So we started doing um, the live show. Our first live show was, I think, around PAX, uh, which would have been August 2017. And um, we'd been talking, my partner James and I had been talking about doing uh, a show like this for quite some time. Uh, and we were like, well, but I don't have any D&D experience. I've never DM'd before. So maybe we should hire somebody. And then I started looking through the rules over the summer and getting up to speed and learning and listening to other actual play shows. And I was like, okay, I think I think I can do this. And we had a few practice sessions with some friends. And uh, yeah, so my first time DMing was getting up on stage in front of about 100 people to uh, run a live show. <laughs> and that was in 2017. And uh, I've been doing it ever since. Oh, wow. And had your players had much experience? No. So they, uh, in fact, one of them didn't even realize what we were going to be doing. So we reached out to a bunch of drag queens and uh, one of them, Harlow Descara, had played before, uh, I think third edition or fourth. And uh, the others had never played. And um, one of them, Frey Love, uh, just thought that this was going to just be a drag show. She thought that we were just booking somebody to get up on stage and dance and do a lip sync. Uh, And then we had everybody over to uh, basically touch base and not exactly rehearse, but just to run through their characters and stuff like that. And that was when Freya realized, oh, wait, we're doing something weird. We're doing something different here. (laughs) What is this? Uh, So they had not played before. But what we found is, uh, especially with fifth edition, uh, sometimes the less experienced, the better. Uh, So, you know, they, we just threw them in at the deep end and they're like, oh, turns out uh, we can all already swim because really it just comes down to improv and being creative and wacky and weird and creating a character and working with a group. And um, that's what drag queens do. How many episodes have you made? Uh, We are on, uh, let's see. So we had a season zero uh, in kind of air quotes uh, for the podcast. That was all the live shows that we recorded in our first year. So that was probably, oh, I want to say maybe like a dozen or so, uh, probably a little bit less, maybe like six, seven, eight episodes. 
And so that was our season zero. And now we're in season one and it's bi-weekly and we're up to uh, this week that we're recording. Uh, we're going to be putting out episode 19 uh, and we've got episodes recorded through early summer ish. Uh, and looking ahead to our schedule, we have sort of a, an arc in mind for the rest of 2019. Uh, so we're, we're just kind of in the middle of, um, uh, of season one, basically 19 ish episodes in and probably, Oh, I would estimate maybe like another 15 or so to go, depending on how, what happens with the recording sessions. Cause you can never predict. So what were your motivations of actually making this into a podcast? Well, we've been talking, uh, James and I have been talking for a long time about, wouldn't it be funny to do a show called Dungeons and Drag Queens? That's so funny. Uh, you, you know, just as like a goof. Uh, and then, um, maybe like, I think it was 20, was it 2017? Yeah, it was 2017. I went to DragCon, which is the uh, RuPaul's Drag Race convention down in uh, Los Angeles and talked to some people who worked on the show and talked to some people in the in the drag world, uh, which is, you know, something I've been a part of for a long time. Uh, I do a lot of nightlife photography, a lot of writing about queer culture. So, you know, I know a lot of drag queens already. Uh, James uh, is a game designer. He's worked on a ton of games for a lot of different places uh, like LucasArts and Capcom and LeapFrog. Um, and so we're both, you know, I'm in one world, he's in the other world. We kind of Venn diagram together. Uh, and then after DragCon, I talked to so many people and they're like, that's a really good idea. We're like, all right, well, let's stop talking about this and just do it. So we started reaching out to drag queens and reaching out to venues and figuring out like, well, what would this actually be? And would this be fun or would this be incredibly boring? So with the live shows, we threw in a lot of stuff to make it engaging and exciting. So we have lip syncs, we have little, um, basically party games where we have the drag queens get up and do things. Uh, and we work that into the podcast a little bit. We have to do a little differently because obviously it's not a visual medium. Um, but, you know, it, basically thinking through, like, how do we make this drag and D&D and not, you know, have the drag scare off D&D people and have the D&D scare off drag people. Uh, and I think we've done a, a, a nice job. I think what we've discovered is... Um, these are two groups that really appreciate each other, like drag fans and uh, TTRPG fans, like get along really well. So uh, it's been really pleasant to see these two worlds colliding. And are you still doing any live shows? Uh, we don't have anything on the calendar right now, but we're looking ahead for the rest of the year. And hopefully we're going to have some stuff to announce soon. Uh, so we're talking to a bunch of folks about uh, doing some shows at conventions, uh, doing some live shows here in Seattle, and also taking it on the road. We've done a few live shows in San Francisco. Uh, we did uh, one at DragCon last year in 2018. So, And we've got some folks in other cities who want to bring us in. So Hopefully, we're going to have something to announce soon. So we've got a mailing list at queensofadventure.com where, where we announce all that stuff. And had you done any podcasts before this one? Yeah, a bunch, actually. Uh, when podcasts were kind of like shiny and brand new, uh, I had a show uh, where I was reviewing comic books. Uh, this is I lived in San Francisco. This was probably about like 10, more than 10 years ago. Um, yeah, definitely. It was more like like. 15, 15 ish years ago. Uh, anyway, so I had the show um, that's just, it's not online anymore, but I was reviewing comic books with some friends. And what we do is we would um, reenact a few pages of the comic book with like all of us doing like voices and sound effects. Uh, and then we would talk about it. Um, so it was sort of like we turned the comic book into a little radio show and then uh, critiqued. Uh, so that was super fun. It kind of laid the groundwork like uh, over a decade ago for like the sound effects and adventure and uh, Foley work that we're doing for Queens of Adventure now. 
Um, so I did that. Uh, and then I also have uh, another one called um, The Sewers of Paris, where I talk to queer folks about entertainment that's changed their lives. So I talk to uh, people about like Oscar Wilde and Madonna and the Golden Girls and um, Salome and, you know, just this, like wide range of things that have impacted the lives of queer folks. Uh, so that's Sewers of Paris. And that's been going, oh, gosh, almost like I think three years. Uh, I think it's been going about three years. Um, and then uh, we just started another one. James and I just started another one called Cozy Pants. Um, for uh, So a lot of my work is supported by uh, backers on Patreon. And so Cozy Pants is like a Patreon only. It's for backers only. A uh, little chat with me and James about like the entertainment that is bringing us joy. So the stuff that makes us feel cozy and happy and uh, content. Uh, we get on the mic and talk about whatever we're watching or reading or playing. Uh, that particular week. Uh, right now we're doing sort of a book club with Tyra Banks's fantasy novel, Model Land. So we read a chapter a week and then talk about that. And it is a oh, wild, wild book. Uh, I'm really enjoying. So what have been some of the biggest challenges of doing this show? Uh, of doing Queens of Adventure? Um, so DMing is tough, uh, as uh, folks might be aware, uh, because basically you're um, – Improving one step ahead of a whole group of people. Uh, you know, we have a homebrew adventure that we're running them through, and it's just a matter of thinking, keeping in your mind. What I found is like the big challenge for me is keeping in my mind three sets of rules. There's the rules of D&D just to make sure it's a balanced and fair experience and that we're actually following the rules. Um, you know, not too slavishly, but still, you know, we don't want something to be um, unbalanced or unfair. So there's the rules of D&D. Uh, then there's uh, the rules of good storytelling. Um, you know, the, the, rules of like, well, what, how do you get action to rise and how do you have a surprising climax? And, um, you know, how do you set the pace for an experience? Uh, and then there's the rules of the world that we created. So we have everything set in, uh, we, we made up a setting. Uh, it's pretty familiar fantasy setting with some queer tweaks. Um, but so, you know, I'm, I'm remembering, I have to remember like, okay, what's this character's deal and what are the laws where they are and what would be, what would this character be thinking and what would this setting be, look like? What's the story behind the story? So basically like the big challenge is at the table, keeping in mind those three sets of rules, the rules of the game, the rules of storytelling and the rules of our world. And then there's lots of other challenges of like, you know, when we're editing, um, cause we do, we do a bit of editing to take out stuff like looking something up if we have to look something up or uh, if someone, you know, they party sometimes will come up with like some scheme to like infiltrate. Like they, we just had an episode where they had to, uh, they were trapped in a uh, dark lair underwater. Um, it was like an air filled cave and they had to navigate and uh, get to a, a basically a, a powerful creature that was in the cave. Um, and so they came up with like all these different ideas, uh, and they're like, oh, well, what if you like could breathe underwater and make a potion to do that? Or what if you like blew up this like magic artifact and, but we need to position ourselves differently. And so sometimes it takes a while to talk through all those ideas. And rather than have like 45 minutes of people proposing ideas that they wind up not doing, we'll take some of that out. So th there's a, a little bit of editing that goes into it. And also the sound effects take a long time. We've got this like long library and we like to put like environmental stuff in there. So um, I usually do the story edit and James will do the sound effects edit. Uh, so basically I'll finish the story edit uh, and then turn it over to him and sometimes go to bed and he'll stay up overnight. So when I wake up in the morning, there's like this rich soundscape attached to the show. And so what have been the biggest rewards of doing this? 
I, you know, there's like the professional reward of making a product that is just really enjoyable. Um, I'll say with a live show, uh, we've had folks from Wizards of the Coast, which makes Dungeons and Dragons, come to our live shows. And uh, it's really gratifying to see them there having a good time. Um, I, I would say like blending uh, that queer world and the pretty nerdy D&D world together. Because sometimes those are things that don't feel like they can talk to each other. And they really do. They really work well together. So creating a space where those two things are happening at the same time uh, feels really nice. Uh, and then, you know, on a personal level, uh, it is super fun to make a project that you love with your partner. And, you know, it, it can be risky to uh, have a um, important project with, uh, you know, the, the person you're spending your life with. Um, and for sure, you know, we argue sometimes and it's stressful, but uh, we were just talking about this the other day. I think it's, for me at least, the good kind of stress, you know? It's like, okay, we're working on something really important, and at the end of the day, we step back, and I look at it, and I'm like, this is something I made uh, with this, you know, with the person I love, and uh, it's sort of, you know, it's sort of our kid. It's not exactly what it's like to be a parent, I know, but, uh, you know, I look at this as something that, like, is deeply meaningful to me, representing the two of us, and also deeply meaningful to, like, my community, uh, my community of queer folks, my community of nerds. Uh, it's just really nice to see something that makes people happy, makes people that I care about feel good. And now we're going to step into a little more of the uh, technical questions. Um, so where do you host your files? So right now we've got them on Squarespace, but we're always looking for, you know, is there a, a better place to have them? Because, you know, Squarespace is really made for more like, um, oh, I don't know, like restaurant websites or, uh, uh, I don't know, like blogs and stuff like that. So it's not the most robust podcasting platform. I do like Squarespace for how easy it is to set up a page and to tweak and modify. And uh, it looks good on mobile. So they handle a lot for you, but it's clearly not um, intended for podcasting. So, you know, it's something that we revisit from time to time, like, okay, is there a thing, something that would be better? And do we want to migrate? Um, and so far, the, you know, pain of migrating just hasn't been sufficient for us to move off of that platform. Uh, I started on Squarespace with uh, um Sewers of Paris. Uh, and at that point, I didn't realize, like, for example, Squarespace will limit you to 100 episodes in your feed. Uh, and so I encountered that with Sewers of Paris after two years. Uh, no, yeah, about about two years. Uh, and so it's something that we're aware of that we will have to deal with eventually with Queens of Adventure. How did you handle that when you reached that limit? So for now, um, Sewers of Paris is still on Squarespace. And uh, what I do sometimes is um, I'll do – like if something uh, particularly relevant happens with one of my past guests that's not in the feed anymore, uh, I'll do – not exactly a rerun, but I'll do like an update episode where I talk about like, you know, it's been – two and a half years since we heard from this person. So let's bring them, you know, I'm going to bring in some excerpts from that conversation and talk about what they're up to now. Um, so, you know, I'll call back to those episodes. Um, and what I'm thinking about doing is bundling them up as packages for Patreon backers. So uh, Patreon backers at a certain level will get, can, if they want, uh, get a download of all the episodes that they can't access in the RSS feed. Um, so that's, you know, that's how I'm dealing with it. For now, uh, it's obviously not ideal. And what microphones do you use? So for sewers, um, it's a tricky one because generally I record that via Skype. Not always, but usually. Um, so I've got a Blue Yeti uh, on my end. Uh, that's what I'm talking into right now. Um, 
And then for uh, the uh, for Queens of Adventure, uh, we have uh, Sennheiser mics uh, positioned around the table. So everybody has their own little mic with a little pop screen. Um, and they're all feeding into a, uh, a Zoom. Oh, I think it's the Zoom H. Is it H5 or H6? I can never remember. Uh, but it's, one of, it's a little portable thing um, that we use to record the show here um, at our apartment is where we record. Uh, and then we take it on the road when we do shows um, at Kremwork or we do shows at we've done Oasis in San Francisco. We've done uh, at the L.A. Convention Center for DragCon. Uh, I really enjoyed having um, mics that are small and you can just carry around with you uh, and like a little recorder that uh, is also extremely portable. Uh, it's it's really saved our lives a couple of times. So you do do things sometimes remotely? Yeah, um, not too often. Um, with sewers, uh, um, sometimes I'll, if I'm traveling, uh, you know, I'll bring the Blue Yeti with me and I've got like a um, a clamp with a adjustable arm. So it's very portable. It's not even a stand. It's just something that clamps onto like a bookshelf or a table or something. Um, and so uh, I, you know, then it plugs into USB into the um, into the laptop. Uh, so that's if I do something remote for sewers, that's usually how I do it. Um, Blue Yeti is really nice about having uh, different input. Uh, pickup patterns. So you can have it be just, you know, you talk into the front or you talk into both sides or it's more omnidirectional. Uh, and you can just change that with a little dial, which I love. Uh, and then when we record remotely for Queens, usually that's because we're doing a live show someplace like DragCon or San Francisco at the at, at Oasis. Um, and, you know, we'll bring our microphones in case we need them. We'll bring the Zoom uh, in case we need it. And often what I find is bring more equipment than you think you'll need because you'll be surprised by what turns out like, you know, where, where your points of failure wind up being. Um, so it's been helpful for us to be able to pack stuff up and take it on the road. And what software do you use to edit the show? So um, with sewers, for a long time, I was cutting in Final Cut Pro uh, X, uh, which is not at all what that software is made for. It is not podcast editing software, but I'd done a lot of video and it's what I knew. So for about like almost two years, I think I was editing in Final Cut, which isn't great because Final Cut draws waveforms very slowly. Uh, but, um, you know, it's just, it was just what I knew. And then eventually I was like, okay, this is enough of this, especially when we're starting Queens of Adventure, I was like, this is going to be a complicated edit and I can't do it in video software. So we, uh, learned audition. Uh, there was, uh, basically an intensive, like month long period where I was just grinding through audition trying to get the hang of it and learning it and learning its weird quirks and things. I was very fortunate that um, some of our friends from another podcast based here in Seattle, D20 Dames, uh, they're another Dungeon Dragons podcast, um, met them at, I think, Emerald City Comic Con last year. Uh, and we started talking about what we do. And uh, Brittany, who does uh, a lot of the editing, very generously came over and gave me like a tutorial and walked me through Here's, you know, the basics of what you need to know and taught me, like, I, I can't tell you what a lifesaver it's been just like learning about how to use buses and, and channel your input through a bus. Uh, that alone uh, was, uh, you know, life changing. Um, so yeah, it's it's all um, audition. Uh, James is still putting the sound effects together in Final Cut. So we uh, basically uh, spit out a uh, baked together um, uh, story, you know, we do story lock in audition export that as a mp3 so it's compact uh bring the mp3 into final cut james will do the sound effects uh we spit that out of sound uh, you know we mute the um the story track in final cut and then export uh all the sound effects as wave bring that wave into audition then we do a final balance to um 
balance the sound effects against the uh, the music and sound effects against the the story. Uh, and then uh, that goes out as a, as a mono MP3. Uh, so that's the that's the the kind of the sausage making of it. And how long does that post production take? It really varies, and we're doing we're trying to bring that down because it, it is. Um, there's a lot of stages to it. And sometimes it really depends on how complex the episode is. So if we have a real simple, like linear story in that week's episode, then it's not too bad. But um, we've had a few that were really complicated. Uh, We did an episode uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, It's actually kind of a good one to get started with episode 16 um, because uh, it's sort of a recap. Uh, We had the players um, in a situation, no spoilers, but the players are in a situation where they are explaining past actions that they took. And the way that we did that is in the world of Queens of Adventure, uh, we had them um, shown basically through recording devices, shown memories of what they had done, which were really just uh, audio clips of previous episodes. Uh, so we played the audio clips at the table, but obviously that doesn't sound great uh, on the mics. So then we went back and edited that back into uh, the, the, the tape itself. Um, so editing in those clips and then reorganizing that episode, just, you know, a little bit so that, you know, if, if there were tangents that people went on, you know, we want to have a satisfying conclusion to a tangent and, um, you know, not have fragments of conversation here and there. Uh, so anyway, that was a very complicated one. Um, and so that one took oh, hours, hours and hours and hours uh, first of like logging what we've got and then like going to a whiteboard and being like, okay, what do we take out? What do we want to move around a little bit? Uh, what do we want to, uh, you know, occasionally we'll do like some pickup lines where uh, if, you know, for example, I'm getting talked over or I stammer or I say something that's unclear or I get a rule wrong, uh, I'll re-record it so that's a little clearer. Uh, we don't do a ton of that, but, um, you know, so that takes a little bit of time. Uh, the sound effects edit is actually pretty grueling. That probably takes, I would say, like five to six hours uh, of, you know, like searching through the Apple sound effects and the Adobe sound effects uh, and lining everything up and balancing them and putting filters on them. Uh, and also, you know, this is another reason why Final Cut isn't great. Um, sometimes we get this like surprise from Final Cut where it just decides it doesn't like a, you know, the cathedral filter, for example. Um, and once it's finished outputting the wave, which, you know, can take like a half hour sometimes because it's a very complicated mix with a lot of filters um you know it'll spit out the the final mix and we're like oh it just didn't like this filter and it's just like noise it's like static noise for 10 seconds in the middle of the of the the final export so let's do it again but we'll take the filter off this time uh so anyway so these things add up and you know they take hours and hours and hours and hours but uh you know it's uh, you, we we look at the amount of time that we're spending and we're like, can we cut some of this down? And yeah, we could probably streamline, um, you know, and do like a, I, I think we have gotten better about um, keeping, keeping to time, basically be, keeping to our time budget. Um, but there's, you know, we also don't want to sacrifice quality. So, you know, sometimes these things just take a long time. Like the story pass, I did a story pass last night on episode 19. Uh, and that took me about three hours, um, you know, cutting, um, what we've got on tape down to like an hour and a half hour, 15 minutes uh, took about, you know, a three hour edit just to do a rough pass on that. And so for Queens of adventure, how do you prepare for those episodes? 
there's a lot of prep that goes into it. So we're doing a homebrew campaign. Uh, so James and I will just sit and talk through like, what's our story that we're telling and who are our characters. Uh, we've been uh, really fortunate to have a great resource. Um, there's a dungeon master named uh, who goes by Sly Flourish. He's got two books, uh, the Lazy Dungeon Master and uh, Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master. And really great advice in there for building your adventure from the ground up. Um, kind of a step-by-step checklist of, uh, you know, start by thinking about what's fun for your players and what they like. Um, so we really, we know our players at this point and, and what works for them. Uh, build in your fantastic locations, uh, have some secrets and clues that they pick up. Uh, think about the NPCs who they're going to encounter, the non-player characters they encounter. And so gradually, you know, we, you know, over the course of a couple hours, James and I will put together like, and also what do we have time to record this week? So, you know, with all that stuff combined, um, you know, we, we go in with, uh, I have some notes on the laptop in front of me and, uh, I run the players through the, the scenarios that we've cooked up. Uh, James is monitoring audio. So he's got headphones on and he's, he's writing the audio levels. Uh, but he'll also jump in as an NPC. Sometimes he'll also jump into DM, uh, and we hand off between each other. Uh, we're recording some stuff right now that is very uh, like innovative for us. It, it, there's a lot of stuff that we've never done before. Um, and so, uh, we're doing a lot more, uh, alternating, uh, where he's playing characters and giving the characters challenges. Um, and so we're really co-DMing in a way that I don't think would be possible to do with somebody if I hadn't spent like the last 20 years of my life living with them. And do you have any advice for folks that maybe are just starting out or even just thinking about starting a podcast? Boy, oh boy. Yeah. Um, I would say, gosh, advice for just starting a podcast. Um, it depends on what you want to get out of it because I think podcast is like, it can be, it's a super rewarding experience. If you're doing it as a hobby, it's super challenging and stressful. If it's something you want to do professionally, uh, which is not to say like that doing it as a hobby is not stressful and that doing it at professionally is not rewarding. Um, but I'd say like, think about like, do you want this to be fun? Do you want this to be your career? Uh, and then, you know, set some realistic goals for yourself. Uh, if you want it to be fun, that is a great goal. Like for like, I want, I want to have fun is a fantastic uh, objective for any project. Um, uh, I would say that podcasting is often uh, a lot better with friends. So, you know, involve people that you really like spending time with. Probably the thing that makes me like a podcast most is the energy and chemistry of the host or hosts. So, you know, shows that I really enjoy, like The Adventure Zone, for example, or Linoleum Knife, uh, another one of my favorite podcasts. It's got these two guys, Dave and Alonzo, their husbands. Uh, I think they're the only married or coupled um, film critic. Like they're the, the only married film critics in the country. Uh, there used to be a, a more, but I think Dave and Alonzo are it now. Uh, and so they do this podcast, Linoleum Knife, and they have like a great chemistry and they're just fun. It just feels like you're hanging out with friends. It's the same reason I like, you know, the McElroy shows. It's just hanging out with friends and family. Um, there's another show I like called Homophilia. Uh, it's uh, Dave Holmes and Matt McConkey uh, just talking about like queer stuff and bringing a guest in. They've got like a great chemistry. So yeah, I, I, you know, one of my big pieces of advice is who are your friends that you want to spend more time with and use the podcasting as an excuse to just spend time with your friends. Um, and then if you want to get more like professional about it, um, having good audio quality is so important. So, you know, um, you don't have to like splurge, but know how to make something that sounds good. So, you know, reduce the echo to the extent that you can and, uh, take out like awkward pauses and dead air, uh, have a nice, um, theme song. If that's something that you want to have, you know, it doesn't have to be like cozy pants. doesn't have a theme song. 
um, you know, just like have little nice tweaks that make it a pleasure to listen to. Don't have any, you know, like levels that are wildly off. So the listener has to turn the volume up and then turn it way down so they don't hurt themselves. Uh, that kind of stuff. And then, you know, think about your listeners. Uh, what do listeners actually want to listen to? Uh, and try to get feedback from them and ask people who are listening, what do you like? What don't you like? What could I be doing differently? What do you want more of? Because, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, if you're doing something for your listeners, you might just be doing it for yourself and that's fine. But if you're doing something for listeners, um, think about like what is working for them. I, I got some really useful feedback um, just a couple weeks ago. There was uh, a episode of Sewers of Paris that um, a couple of listeners reached out to me and they're like, oh, I wish you had asked more of these questions or, uh, I, you know, I, I didn't love that the guest was saying this and you didn't challenge them. So, you know, it's I still, after doing this for years, get like useful pointers from listeners and I, they're a really valuable resource. If listeners want to find more information about you and your shows, where should they go? So for Queens of Adventure, everything's at queensofadventure.com. We've got the episodes there. We've also got a link to Twitter where we're pretty interactive with people on Twitter. And we also have a Discord server so uh, people can interact with us and the Queens uh, between episodes. So uh, a lot of listeners and the DMs and the performers are all active on Discord. So that's a really great way to uh, just spend time with us between episodes and talk about like, what were you thinking? Or like, what what are your dreams for this uh, magic power that you have just recently acquired uh so that's a really fun place to to connect um and then uh, and on twitter we're uh, at dungeon drag uh, and then for sewers of paris uh it's sewers of paris.com it's at sewers of paris on twitter uh and uh yeah uh, you can also find like other projects that i do on my website which is uh mattbaum.com uh, i do some youtube videos about queer entertainment uh, i do live streams twice a month uh, and so that's all there at mattbaum.com and i'll make sure i have all those links in the uh, show notes thank you so much for coming on today Yeah, thanks so much for inviting me. I had a really good time.